Fenster. Paul Bäumer. Ich möchte nur nicht loslegen. Wir sind jetzt an der Westfront. Garbage in, garbage out. First of all, fuck you for making me like Cat that much and then taking him away, even though I knew it was going to happen the whole fucking time. Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome Shit to Garbage me. In, Garbage Out. Garbage In, for sure. Uh-huh. But my opinions are not garbage, so you know what? That's that's right. You stand by that. are better than that movie. <laughs> For anyone listening at home, um, y'all know what movie we're going to be covering, so I'm not going to bother trying to to pretend anything other than All Quiet on the Western Front is what we'll be talking about, but I finished watching the movie uh, yesterday. Zach just finished watching the movie, so you're getting the real and raw emotional reaction, as well as I've had time to punch up some of my thoughts into uh, something a little coherenty. So this, th- I'm I'm very excited to talk to you about this. Our two styles of uh, of reviewing things. <laughs> exactly. It sucked. It's good. It's bad. What did you think about this film? Just right up top, number one with a bullet. I realized at the end of this movie that this is the Revenant eight different times. Did you understand that war is hell? Did I you- feel like I understood that before, and we're just rehashing it at this point. But <laughs> war is definitely hell yeah and one could argue that perhaps world war one especially was a certain hell again not well-trod territory at this point want to know anyone like the guy who's thinking like ah, oh, they had it easier back in the day <laughs> why did we have an entire generation of like three ge- generations of of trauma to undo i don't know could it have been the massive world wars that wiped out millions of people and it is amazing to think of like that germany and france still like exist when you just think about the trauma that those countries just endured for so long just going against each other yeah trench warfare especially the first iteration of trench warfare mm-hmm. insane um not great jim <laughs> not, not great joe buck and troy aikman narrating world <laughs> war one <laughs> well, well jim's not looking great they almost got 100 yards but uh, you look at the conditions on the field and you just wonder are they gonna call it surely this can Go on. I can't believe that they've got they've got three more battalions coming in and they're still making a big to do today. Like just <laughs> wait for the wait for the reinforcements. Well, we'll get more into talking about the actions taking place during garbage time a little bit later. <laughs> Man, I, I thought that this was unflinchingly terrific like in my own opinion i thought like this was just a, a visceral movie that was an update to an obvious classic so you know obviously i have my own gripes with it but i i truly do think that this is probably necessary viewing for anyone especially anyone thinking about joining a military and believing 
every army recruitment person out there. <laughs> I mean, dear fucking God, the first 15 minutes I, I, I've said to you off the podcast, but I really do believe that if you just take those first 15 minutes, uh, which tell a, a small story unto itself, where you're watching a dead kid's jacket just get recycled and repurposed and refurbished and then reassigned and given back to someone uh, who's also plucky and looking forward to joining the war. Uh, just watching that take place, uh, that that should make everyone want to commit acts of violence on army recruiters, to be honest. I mean, absolutely. It, it should also make people want to like maybe award that an Oscar, like just in the short film category, but you know, <laughs> mostly wage war on the guy promising you a, a new Camaro if you decide to go bomb uh, brown people overseas. <laughs> I think the movie is an experience. I think that it builds tension and then it releases it in a great in way. In war. That's the terrifying thing is that it's so tense. And then you're like, finally, a cut in the tension. Why? Because explosions are happening all around. And so like, you become accepting of the fact that casualties will incur. It's a great film i think it tells a story very well i mean as much world war one stuff as i've seen and as much like world war ii stuff as, as i've seen i think it's a great entry in the genre sure and i think that sitting down and watching it you are drawn into the movie very well well and i think part of that is because like anytime you think like oh boy here's gonna be the hero's arc or like oh here comes the inspiring speech or whatever like that comfort that we're so used to with narrative storytelling is just stripped away from us. So we're forced to reckon with the fact like, oh, there are no good guys in this story. Like there are only victims and perpetrators. Like this is a bleak as hell understanding of just the carnage of war. And yeah, yep. sure there's spectacle, but man, when when you don't have that, that sweet Hollywood style thematic music, you know, the John Williams kind of score happening behind it. Oh boy, it, it, you do not feel triumphant in any way, shape, or form. Good choice to choose World War One as well for this. I think it's, it's really becoming tell, uh, like popular now because 1917 was like two years ago. Oh, that yeah. was with I Sam Mendes. I have it. I have it oh, sitting that's on great. my on my shelf too. All right. Well, uh, everyone, look forward to the cool sequel movie <laughs> in the World War One cinematic universe. Sam Mendes did something real good, and I'm going to watch it. and I'm going to appreciate it. It's going to be us watching Gallipoli, this, and 1917. One thing I did kind of want to discuss with you because uh, you've mentioned that you also uh, enjoy watching war movies, and so. Uh, as someone who does not really watch them a lot, I feel like I'm not as keyed into the tropes of things. And so uh, a lot of things I enjoyed about this movie, thinking like, oh, well, this is just timeless stuff, part of the genre. I understand that a lot of other people might think are just kind of like rehashed. And um, I, I'm not going to say derivative because, I mean, I, I think, again, the spectacle and the overall quality of the film is good. But like... 
you still had trench warfare. You still had gas masks. You still had like, oh boy, people have shell shock and yeah. the generals are really bad. Oh boy. But the regular soldiers are just pawns. That first opening sequence where they just break this illusion of grandeur like mm-hmm. so fast, it felt like it had to be done that way so that they could tell the story that they wanted to tell. Absolutely. I don't know if I necessarily thought that it was head and shoulders above anything else because it still did all of the tropey stuff Mm -hmm. and their big effect wasn't like showing people choking on gas and dying their big effect was mud and wetness and and the aftermath of grossness of being in a trench god the the sequence of where they're sent out to go find 60 soldiers who've just kind of gone awol and they find them in like a it's not a farmhouse it's just like a industrial building they find 60 bodies and they're all dead. That's because yep. they decided to take off their gas masks too early. So again, just lack of training and different things uh, that, that took place. But like that's a casualty of 60 people uh, and such such a pointless matter. But that's kind of a theme that gets drawn across is the pointlessness of both of war and of the violence of it all. Um, yeah, and something that's different from the American film stereotypes that we use in all these wars is they're not a hit squad. They're the the heroes are are not you know invulnerable in battle. And yeah, I mean there was a little bit of uh, the trope I call it is never gonna die, Johnson. When it yeah. was like, look at the four of us, high school friends. We're all gonna go serve in the same division together. I'm like, all oh, right, this is. <laughs> yeah, no, they definitely they definitely like break. <laughs> that immediately which is the story that they're telling and i appreciate mm-hmm. it but it's it doesn't they don't ever actually do anything that's like insanely heroic they don't ever yeah they don't well, ever like you know take the trench and then put their foot up on the side and, and yell for the motherland or whatever it would have been insane if just like in the middle of the trench warfare you just saw wonder woman coming across you're like oh that's <laughs> right it was set in that time got it okay <laughs> this, this is one big long advertisement for the wonder woman we're expecting yeah. that were ya huh <laughs> well they have they have really subverted me and now i must give them the oscar i uh, yeah i was about to say like i'm honestly impressed by this (laughs) great Uh, you pulled it off even like back to this is just eight the revenants Mm -hmm. it felt like short films it was a lot of vignettes you're right yeah there was just like several short films that happened that covered this thing it could have even been any number of individuals they could have just like cut and shown like these things See, past the way that they did it at the front. Honestly, Zach, and that was something I, I wanted to mention um, a little bit later, but yeah, I wanted to, let's go ahead and dive into it now. This adaptation is obviously coming from the, the, the book, All Quiet on the Western Front, and a lot mm-hmm. of discussion was made about the changes from the book to this movie because obviously in the book, your main character survives and is then kind of left with the shell shock and the PTSD and the whole, I'm a military vet and I just can't go back to civilian life. I'm forever changed changed by war. It's very serious and it's impactful, but it's a trope unto itself. And so this movie electing to go the alternate route of you, you watch Paul, uh, I guess, spoilers for this movie, although I don't know why you would be watching this, uh, this, (laughs) you know, or listening to this episode this late in the game and then care about spoilers regardless. Uh, when Paul dies though, that was like, whoa, okay. That is very different because I thought that we were about to experience him survive and then have like 
like a montage of getting carted back into the village and then having to live with it or whatever. V very similar to the book. But now Paul ends up dying. And at that point, with all of the vignettes, I kind of would have liked to have had there be a complete breaking of the arc. Because I, I was okay with it ripping away the sense of comfort from me. But I feel like if you're going to do that, let's go full bore into this. Let's follow a group of plucky kids and then watch them get blown up 15 minutes in. And then we're following a different group of people that are picking out and cracking the tags to then try and mark it. And then now that would have been an Oscar worthy movie again, like every 10, 15 minutes, it's a different character you're following because mm -hmm. you're watching that person die and then it can go slowly like up the ranks if you if you really wanted to develop an arc so that way then you could do what this film did and I, I really liked the highlighting of taking it away from just the story of the trench line to provide a secondary parallel story that's a great contrast because you're seeing like a, a business negotiation take place where there's like a hostile takeover is kind of the vibe of where where uh, Germany is talking to France, like, don't Zuckerberg me on this, for yeah. lack of a better term. <laughs> and I, I, I liked having those, like, switches to where you're switching from, like, they're crowing over having, like, fried potatoes with the skin on to, mm -hmm. like, the general eating his fancy dinner. And then, like, the, the one time the guy complained about the bread. Uh, it's a day old? Oh, my God. Oh, I can't stand I know, this. Right? It was intentional. And I think they squandered a little bit of time on filming shots that made the tension right for the soldiers mm -hmm. but it also kind of I don't know if it it felt like it blunted the effect of that swap for me a little bit sure this movie is two and a half hours long and it feels two and a half hours you know it is not it feels a breeze. two and a half hours <laughs> uh, i'm I, gonna rewatch avatar 2 like three times once i get it on dvd and, just as a palate cleanser <laughs> yeah i'm not even gonna complain about it either like i'm just gonna fall asleep watching it for like a week straight well because like avatar is nice and it, it is kind of a feel-good story because you're getting a story of the underdog whereas this is like just the story of the losers like top top to bottom all different losers uh, on this side and that's what makes watching it so frustrating i mean and, and i guess infuriating would be another word but like watching that tension build knowing what's about to happen you're just not given that possibility of like redemption or anything like yep. the the whole uh scene where paul is in a foxhole or in in a um uh, a crater, a, yeah, I guess. a crater, yeah, uh, with another French soldier. I, like an idiot, Zach, thought, oh, they're gonna kind of have a moment of civility and camaraderie, <laughs> and then they were animals, yeah, I, they ripped into each other, mm -hmm. and then there was, of course, the remorse and everything else that came after that, which I mean credit to this actor my god just asking the world of this dude and he's he's nailing it he was uh, a great he was a great actor he was great for the he was great for the for the role i think all the actors did a great job this um, is what happens when you hire europeans to play europeans because you're like <laughs> you do have german soldier in world war one face you know like <laughs> all of these people felt appropriate for their time it wasn't like watching Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth all of a sudden and all quiet on the Western Front. Uh, I guess there was Baron Zemo, so that that's something, at least for the Marvel heads, so they can try and figure something out. 
Man, there's so much to try and want to like dive into with this movie. Uh, and I feel like I want to try and avoid going into the plot by plot element of it. But one of the things I think that could be interesting to try and focus on was the concept mm -hmm. of there is no sense of glory and there is no sense of lovable roguishness. It's not like, oh, look at these troublemakers. And then you're like, ah, oh, but they're good guys. And that's the way through. Like the troublemakers die before they become endeared to you. Like you watch a man get ground underneath a tank. Uh -huh. uh, just fucking brutal. Or the lovable rogue type character you're like ah oh, buddy i don't think you need to steal that goose the second time i think i think you're tempting faith you yeah. don't know what movie you're in uh, the right fucking, now the the recurring npc that turns into your favorite that then gets torn away from you because again those, those moments of camaraderie where they're like wow they were able to steal a goose together and wow look at what they were able to do um <laughs> just third time was the charm for him huh yeah uh, stand yep. your ground law applied to France. I, <laughs> the set pieces felt minimal mm -hmm. I, I fortunately or unfortunately i mean a lot of it was just outside uh all the soccer moms are swooning over the reclaimed wood that they used to to <laughs> to, to, to reinforce all those trenches but um but the set pieces didn't feel spectacular. I think that was intentional, though. At that point in the war, the whole trench was like, what, 200 yards? Like, that's just what the give and take was. Yeah, just you're just to... moving it up little by little. And you're in the trench or you're like at some other outside location away from the front. Mm -hmm. And the interplay between those was great. The film work, the way they used to focus on those cameras highlighted mm -hmm. so much of the loneliness that you feel from all of these characters. Well, that's probably why it's nominated for best cinematography and best international best cinematography. film. It was a great effect and it worked really well, but other than that, I mean, it didn't feel it, particularly- It's the odds on favorite, betting odds on favorite to win. I'm not saying it's the best. I'm just saying I know. there's I'm a mad, reason why. I'm mad about it. It didn't feel like, it didn't feel I, spectacular. I'm mad it just about felt right it for too, the story. <laughs> it just felt right for the story. And I appreciated that little motif that you got as you're like, getting these interactions between all of these losers that are pawns on a chessboard the fucking what's his name franz trying to go hook up with the french girl and then <laughs> everyone obsessing over the scarf yeah. everyone trying to take a hit bro take a hit pass it bro pass it jesus <laughs> all the homies all the homies need a little slice hey look one of us has to be good at getting the women so the rest of us can i don't know masturbate to the thought of it later <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say uh thinking about you hooking up with that chick so cool bro so cool uh yeah not not nearly enough of what i have to assume was gay shit that happened uh in world war one especially mm -hmm. right like come on now Definitely. Let's, let's not let's not shy away from that germany we know what fetishes <laughs> all of these people's grandchildren ended up developing don't mm -hmm. tell me that everything was on the up and up at this point even when all these characters were getting close you knew that it was temporary yeah temporary it was like they were also not not necessarily aware that it was temporary but it was like it was like they kind of just told like there was a little bit more every time and as someone was ripped away you just realized like oh you didn't do any like relationship building in here because there just wasn't time yeah you literally watch this human spirit erode in real time as 
friendships are just ripped away from each other. It's like a stick of tape. You're just sticking it back together again over and over and ripping it apart. You're like, huh, I wonder why this is now just a leathered, real gnarly looking piece of shit. Oh, metaphor. Writing that down to incorporate in my Oscar nominated movie. The line from The General I loved of when he's asking what a soldier is without war while he sits in the banquet hall and is eating steak and throwing it to his dog and being like, oh, my father was a soldier and I'm a soldier. My father was 3-0 and and I refused to uh, lose this war completely. Like real daddy issues bubbling up about all of this because you're a little fancy boy. Like you're not actually on the front lines or anything. It's wild to me. That was that was the him. most infuriating to me. That, that yes. particular scene. They played it up so good too. He kept throwing the wine out of his glass. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, I don't need this. Meanwhile, his men are just guzzling what has to be half petrol and mud and water in a uh, bucket. Just God, uh, that bucket was so bad. I, I needed to know what they used to make that. Because that, that was sickly. And I was like, well, I mean, oh, but they're having to actually drink it for, oh, no. What was in that? Please. Chocolate protein powder. Just really watered down. I hope. I hope. It looks too milky. Yeah. It was I, black. It, all of the, like, scenes in the trenches where they're just up to their knees in mud and water. They're wet. The trenches falling apart. They run out. They come back. And they're just dying of thirst. Because... They've been running for an hour or, Mm -hmm. you know, two hours. They're just at the end of their line all the time and they're being run around and there's not a moment to like catch yourself, to catch your breath, to get your footing down. And that leads right back into the tension of like these downtimes where they're still not catching their breath because they can't process what they've already had to go through. Exactly. And that's those little brief moments where they take breaks. Like right after they finish surging over, getting into enemy trenches, they then immediately raid it for food looking for bread or anything else just again it's animalistic it looks so good too the way they're eating that shit just dipping bread into jam and honey and you know they were starving to absolute death it really made it seem like the french were fucking with them the entire time this was french propaganda the movie okay yeah it really was all they didn't surrender at the first hint of war well i mean to be fair to the french they had two generations of men who didn't surrender die off in subsequent <laughs> lines so yeah. and they also like that's their home territory they don't have to move food as far supply mm-hmm. trains and all that stuff but like the counterattack of it going from like bayonets and fucking bolt action rifles to there being tanks watching that scene it was amazing because i was awestruck by it but not in a wow this is so cool i was awestruck in the like oh shit this is what death looks like mm-hmm. and then yep. what happened well the typical french cleanup crew of the flamethrower is happening immediately thereafter that i that felt i was like oh oh okay we're a little no i'm sure this happened in the war so i'm not gonna say it's over the top but i was like i don't know if i needed to see this it really kind of feels like you could take prisoners at that point maybe slightly they didn't take prisoners when they were charging the trench of course not 
No. They're not going to take prisoners when they're taking the trenches back. Neither side was. I mean, it, again, it showed how there were no heroes. There's not a good side or a bad side. It's just when one side has the upper hand, they become the ones who perpetrate a war crime. And then when the other side has the upper hand, they, they give it right back. Very interesting that we didn't like get into the nighttime bombings and the gassing because that would be the stereotype would be you're in the trench and and it's just 24 7 there's artillery raining down on you 24 7 there's just gas we got the the gas mask reference before that then tied into the their thing later but i again i think it was done purposefully to keep it as a smaller scope because so much happened between basically two soccer fields mm -hmm. uh, or i'm sorry as they would say in europe two football fields i uh, I, but, I also wish that every time that they did a charge that it was just the same ground over and over and they made sure that you recognized it i, I thought they were doing that because you saw them retreat and then you saw them charge back and then you saw them charge ahead and then they went back yeah, I saw. So, I, I know that it was the same like trench because we saw the two trenches multiple times. Mm -hmm. But I wanted it to be like a recognizable that tree trunk that the first kid fell at. Yeah, in the very beginning, like they're always hiding behind this tree trunk. This tree trunk is getting shot up and shot up and shot up, and that would be interesting. And after, well, after like the middle of Act Two is when we start to see like the uh, like the leadership starting to negotiate, right? So, yeah, that that was a real mind fuck to be like this guy is trying to negotiate a peaceable peace, and you're like kind of supposed to agree with him, or I think we're supposed to as an audience relate the most to this guy who's just trying to do damage control. But I have a feeling that pretty much in any other situation, that guy's a villain, in, in, like in the books of history. In the German books of history, at least. You don't get that high up as a member of the Central Powers without being bad. Yeah, because we meet him early, and he's like, wow, this is really bad. And we're like, "It, you you have to gather numbers? You have to show data to show how bad it is? Like, <laughs> this is giving me, like, my job vibes. <laughs> it's like, well, this is bad. Would you have data to prove that? What do you mean do I have data to prove that? I have two eyeballs and two thumbs. I lost my son to the IT department, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to me about how bad the IT department is. What did you think about, uh, at, at the end, I said the Starship Troopers moment. Did you know they, what I was talking about with yeah, that? Yeah, that's... I... That was... That made me so mad. They literally were getting in shipments of new recruits just for this last charge. Just for one charge to satisfy a maniac's ego. So that way then they could be like, I see? Even, he, see? He, wasn't even, he wasn't even the one with the 2D girlfriend. I wasn't even rooting for him. <laughs> uh, they should, I, someone should have just shot him off the balcony. It's honest to God. I was praying that Paul was going to do it. <laughs> yeah, it would, in the American version, it would be like... It, that's where they make their stand and then the troops overwhelm the general and it's like no we will fight to give up basically if that makes sense no instead uh, just like well all right i i've accepted the fact i can't go back to society or see my mother and father again so i'm just gonna go ahead and charge try and kill as many of these french people that weren't expecting it and then we're still gonna get absolutely owned just getting our shit absolutely wrecked. The main character literally like 30 seconds before the ceasefire is called. Just gets knifed 
or bayoneted rather. Yeah. There was never it. any point to the war, just like there was never any point for them to charge. I, lo I love the general speech, though, of talking about how you're doing this for glory, and even the ones who die, you will be remembered. And then when it comes down, the fucking new kid that our main character, uh, Paul, has saved just recently, then got him onto the battlefield. That kid gets tasked with trying to grab the dog tags, basically, of all the soldiers. And then he gets distracted by the fucking scarf Paul has on. So he doesn't get the number from Paul. So Paul yep. is lost to history. Just yep. zero point whatsoever in that. And so grim, so bleak, so cruel. I loved it. <laughs> it scratched that nihilist itch I had in me. It felt like smoking a cigarette and feeling suicidal. In the, like, I don't want to say absurdity, because that feels like the big buzzword. The absurdity of war. The cognitive dissonance of being in charge and sending people to die. Mm -hmm. And the cognitive dissonance of people who, I mean, sure, their frontal lobes aren't yet fully developed, who are then expecting something that got, is totally got different. bad news about what's going to happen to those frontal lobes uh, at some yeah. point my guy <laughs> gonna get liquefied underneath a tank tread that's what's gonna got, end up happening when he's got the hysterics back at home later they're gonna do something to that frontal lobe <laughs> oh paul I, what are you a mouthy housewife come on now <laughs> I like all the budget spent on the trench scenes and the battles. Uh, yeah. I felt like there was a lot of extras and they, they did very good making it feel very full. Yeah, it I all felt very lived in. All of the equipment, all of the back and forth. It was what was necessary for the character. Mm -hmm. And I liked that. I don't understand how when they went to that warehouse, they didn't find the bodies by the stench. Uh, I guess it depends on how long they've been dead for. Because they, they were only missing by a day. Yeah, I think it was like three days. and I mean, even a day. Even no, a I, day. I get it. They, they should know by the smell, for sure. <laughs> but then, like, oh God, the way that none of them cried. And then <laughs> Paul just kept, like, almost crying. And people kept being like, what the fuck are you doing? You're a man. Well, some of them started to cry. Remember that one guy at the very beginning? Plucky friend number four. That That's was like, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I got to go home. And then stepped out and got immediately blown the fuck up. <laughs> got torn to shreds. And I think then, that was a, that was a, I think that was a different guy. Oh, yeah. It wasn't one of the high school friends. I was just saying plucky yeah, friend high number school four. Friend, high school friend did get owned. Yeah, he got owned slightly later. And you're like, how do we know it's him? Well, they gave him glasses. So that way then we can find the bloody glasses in the mud <laughs> a lot of like oh i'm so glad i'm getting shown all of these details right now that will for sure just come back and be awful yeah and then and then shot in at the very end <laughs> afraid of being permanently crippled oh man that did you know was that a surprise to you? Because the second they're like, here's your food and here's the fork. I was like, don't do that. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't give him a fork. You got to hide all the sharp objects. I didn't know what he was going to do, but he looked bad and it was like shocking, but not surprising. I thought he was going to like go for a gun or something. I just thought, oh, well, that leg is fucked. He's not going to be able to move. Mm -hmm. And the movie has been so bleak and brutal. At a certain point, this switch in my brain went from what do i want to see versus what is the bleakest thing i can see <laughs> <laughs> like and the answer is 
watch a man rip open his own jugular with a spork. Some of the wound effects were good. I think some of that stuff was lacking. Lacking? Like, you, you wanted more blood coming out? I'm used to war movies, Kelton. I know. Th those I wanted to see like a those grisly... Those are famously not realistic. Though. I wanted to see a grisly mangled neck. Only you could go in watching this movie and be like, I could use some more gore. Uh, that would be nice for me. I like the Saw movies. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> That's an appropriate amount <laughs> for this a seems sitcom. Realistic, you know, <laughs> for a sitcom. I'm just saying, we do not become these like bursting balloon fountains <laughs> that half of the the war movies I've seen seem to do. So I, I like the when they I had like the machine the guns going and they were charging and you could see the red mist in the air. <laughs> Oh, from the blood okay. being aerated by those bullets got it yeah okay you were like mm, that's enough yeah i was like yeah that's appropriate you thought it was the sun setting didn't you <laughs> i'm about the spectacle of the terror okay not sure. the terror itself speaking of the terror the the fucking music in this movie oh my uh, god this underrated the underrated mvp amazing just some real horror movie shit i was shocked the tone of it was always like oh it's very quiet and silent and then here come the war drums mm -hmm. holy yeah. shit this was made on a 20 million dollar budget holy That's, shit and it, it you it, you can tell but i that is i could not tell 20 million on a 20 million dollar budget yeah i again i thought smaller budget but i thought for sure like 80 million or something that is wild to me good job what is going on with american films are we just embezzling things yeah what, what what is happening here? it costs more to do the studios because uh uh, filmmaking is out of control and yeah, you have to you have to pay off for all the sexual harassment that takes place in every yeah, film that that's, too, that too, that too. that's something yeah no we have it really bad because we don't have like we have like small film companies but there's not a we, it's giant distributors uh, that marvel that, has ruined uh marvel has ruined american consumers and <laughs> Um, yes, it was Marvel that did it. Absolutely. It wasn't the American consumers that <laughs> yeah. did that made Marvel. You're I right, am right. not I'm going to be held accountable. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, let's see. Academy Award nominations for Best Picture. Probably not. Best Adapted Screenplay. Probably not. Best International <clears throat> Feature. Probably. Best Original Score. I, I don't know. I don't know I... what it's going up against, but I like it. Good. Worth a nomination, at least. Yes. Um, best sound sure best production design sure by sure i mean like yeah deserves to get nominated same thing with score best cinematography absolutely like uh, <sighs> i i like the way it was shot all that tension it was it was there for a reason yeah um, I, I, I ooh like makeup and hairstyling that could be i could, think could, makeup and hairstyling i could see that part was pretty spot on pretty it's, good it's gonna probably go to a film like babylon or elvis or something but the other point is like yeah music sure sure scores are babylon everything everywhere all at once the oh banshees of finisher and the fablemans and all quiet on the western front god so. damn it it has a shot that's gonna make me mad when babylon wins fucking that's, god that's true because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do i should have just watched fucking everything everywhere all at once i mean that's the odds on favorite to win everything right now but that's fine we are talking about how we love avatar and 
then if Avatar can't win, then who might? And the answer is we don't know. But for best international film, all quite on the Western Front. So it, it was also like that weird like meeting of like artsy shooting, great acting by an actor who they built that film around and it made you feel bad when you're done watching it and i think that the critics like that i don't think they like feeling joy anymore i like it and i like it because it did not make me feel joy again I, it made me want to commit acts of violence uh, at people who tried to recruit high schoolers for bullshit like this i was watching a uh, a documentary on how the marine or not how the u.s army is like updating the way that their drill sergeants are trained and the way that they treat recruits mm-hmm. it's like well how do you deal with a volunteer army in the modern day you treat them with respect and i'm like these bitches these bitches yeah pull a fast one on them because that's how volunteering works but we can get into the politics of how enlistment works and everything else but we can we can do that off mic um do you have any closing thoughts uh, on this thing uh let me open my notes real fast and see uh entitled ass general wishing he was a soldier lmao got it yeah we touched on that classic themes that uh, exist. <laughs> Uh, bro has had half a face of mud this whole movie <laughs> makeup and hairstyling oscar nomination check <laughs> he's just like me for real him and his 2d girlfriend <laughs> uh none of them wiped when they took shits either i mean at that like if you're just about to get mud soaked again that might give you a tactical advantage. <laughs> <laughs> you got some loop in there. So that the mud comes off with the shit. Exactly. Before you get Damn. power washed down. Uh, yeah, it was it was dirty. It was oh God on a on a budget of twenty million too. You know, suddenly I'm almost rooting for it again. <laughs> no, it, it I'm rooting for it to win best international film because that's yeah. the exact kind of thing that I think it deserves. Uh, that and then maybe cinematography. I have expressed to you off mic why I think Avatar actually qualifies more, but that's a discussion for a later point in time. Um, yeah, once Avatar wins, anyways. <laughs> fingers crossed for that, but it won't. Avatar will just have to settle for being like top five all time at the box office. <laughs> oh, well. It was an experience, and I think it was a worth it experience, but you have to like get a good night's rest before you watch this movie. Absolutely. This is not like a feel good curl up on, on the date night. Like, come on, babe, let's watch it all quiet on the Western front. Uh, this is a movie for you to probably watch by yourself when you have, I don't know, like nothing going on for the next four hours because two and a half hours will be the movie and then the next hour will be reflecting. <laughs> I can't so. wait to go talk to my weirdo movie critic friend who hates uh, fun films and loves bad films uh, <laughs> to see what their impression of this shit was. <laughs> oh, oh it, it was awful. Why Why couldn't, again, there have been a Call of Duty killstreak campaign, little notification dings happening uh, with Paul on that last charge. As and then you do, yeah, and then you do the Marvel thing where you stop and look at each other and you both laugh and then one of you gets absolutely owned by a tank round <laughs> the general says so that happened and then just moves on <laughs> oh, sickening it's bad it's brutal um yeah I, I i liked this movie a lot i thought again the juxtaposition between the pointlessness of war and how it it, it ruins uh, the naivete and innocence of youth, and then uh, the other scene showing the vanity of cowardly old men. 
it, it really made me just hate things a lot. And I think that was the point of it. So I think the movie was a pretty rousing success in its own right. Uh, it made me feel gut-wrenching uh, for, I guess, the lack of blood that it had uh, there, but still e equally tragic. So mm -hmm. I look forward to seeing what everyone's going to do. I can't wait to see this lead actor become a villain in a Marvel show because I have a <laughs> feeling that's going to be what happens, right? Like These people are all going to get poached into doing other big-name Hollywood stuff. Oh, yeah. Good. They, they all deserve it. I the get, yeah, they do deserve it. It just it doesn't make me feel happy knowing that this is the machine. You know, it's like that's yeah, like uh, oh, like this this feels like a, a piece of art versus content. And so like I can't wait for them to cash out and make a lot of content. Yay! <laughs> good for them and not good for us. Maybe good for us. Mm hmm. Yeah. If we get to see Paul winning this time. Cat <laughs> yeah. is makes it out. God damn it! Cat is a foot to the left, and it's fine. Cat. For a second, I thought that Cat had gotten the little kid, and he just murdered a little boy in the woods. And I was like, "Oh fuck, that was dark." <laughs> Oh God! And then it was like, oh, I got shot. I'm like, oh, motherfucker! Oh, thank God! Oh, Maybe he he's still just did dying. kill the kid in the woods. Now that I'm reflecting on it, actually, Hang I on. don't think he did. But I, I mean, don't think he possibly, did. possibly. There's no way to tell that ambiguous style idea. It's Rorschach's dead kid. You, you know? watch the film and tell us if you think he killed the kid. <laughs> uh, le leave a like in the comments if you think the kid is dead. Subscribe if you think he's still alive. Huh? Uh, just know that that kid probably grew up to become a Nazi sympathizer of some kind. So Ooh, ten years later, baby. Yeah, no good the cycle guys. continues. <laughs> Actually, that kid probably became like a member of the French Resistance just because he remembers how those French. A I'm sorry, those German assholes kept stealing geese from his dad all God the time. It. it was just eggs the second time. They didn't have to overreact. It like doesn't that. matter. It doesn't matter. You know. Um, <sighs> True. <laughs> <laughs> uh well yeah that's gonna do it for an episode so zach what is going on in your world what have you got to plug uh hey listen to the DD campaigns that are coming out from psychic dolphin garage uh, yes i have lots of other personal DD stuff going on nothing interesting that i'm doing online honestly i'm i'm rolling in the grass the grass in my backyard the not, vtt grass <laughs> not real grass but grass like that that is like in a small tub next to me so that i can put my feet in it and go ah and then sit back down in my gamer chair <laughs> connecting with the earth breathe in breathe out and back okay yes exactly i'm super excited for our, our next campaign this is uh it's a very weird one because obviously our next campaign is going to be covering us being a crack squad of individuals going and attempting a coup on easter island so a squad on crack yes don't think that this podcast is too anti-war because we will definitely lampoon it in a variety of 
ways starting next week and that'll kick off probably for about four episodes so looking forward to doing that follow the podcast at dolphin garage pretty much everywhere subscribe to us on youtube on itunes spotify rate us five stars follow us on twitter give us a dm uh let us know if 1917 is a movie we should cover to really help figure things out i'm gonna get out of here me too love y'all bye